0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sports Podcast. I'm your host for today, Justin Roman. And guys, I apologize um to you guys. I'm sorry that um I couldn't do my podcast yesterday. I was really really uh tired, you know. You know, but you know, I think I do deserve a rest, you know, cuz I've been I've been um you know, I work my butt off every uh, every day, you know these podcasts, you know, sometimes it can get tiring, you know, and sometimes show hosts that either that's a podcast or an actual show with people, you know, they need, uh, breaks, you know, so I apologize to you guys, but anyways, guys, um, I want to talk about the New York Giants really quick, and guys, today, there there was a, there was a question today, um, that um that a lot of giants fans are probably still gonna be asking you know you know we've been you know this is a position you know that obviously to me looks like we need to put more work into it and that's the offensive line you know and you guys have been asking me justin should the giants continue investing in the offensive line this offseason. You know, look, the Giants thought they had their offensive line issues solved last year when they added four players to the roster in an effort to upgrade the unit. After signing veteran swing tackle Cam Fleming, the Giants used their first, third, and fifth round selections in the 2020 draft on tackles and Andrew Thomas and Matt Purton. Guard, uh, Shane Lemieux. The plan hasn't worked uh, this far. Nate Soldier opted out due to COVID-19, leaving Thomas to be thrown to the Wolves. He was as, I'm not going to lie, Andrew Thomas was as awful as any rookie tackle this, uh, this writer has that I've seen in in 55 years of following the NFL. Matt Pert plays sparingly, but showed some promise, taking some reps from the veteran Fleming. Shane Lemieux became the starter at left guard after Will Hernandez was put on the reserve COVID-19 list in November and never got his job back after returning two weeks later. Lemieux's performance also showed promise but at times, appeared to be overwhelmed. The only steady presence on this all-line in 2020 was uh, Kevin Zeitler, who was the right tackle. The experiment uh, at center with Nick Gates, who had never played the position in his college or pro career, combined with the rift between Joe Judge and Mark Colombo, only compounded things. Long time NFL coach De- uh, Dave Dugliamelo replaced Colombo after his content- continuous firing, and whatever continuity that had been gained was quickly lost. By the season's end, the Giants' offense was a mess. Uh, was a mess. They, they, they were second to last in points and yards per game. And leading the league with some embarrassing pass protection numbers. You know? The Giants' offensive line was ranked 31st in the NFL. You know? And when I heard about all that, my thought on this whole line, look, with one year in the books... The Giants can't be feeling good, you know, obviously about their decision to take Andrew Thomas as the first tackle off the board in last year's draft. Given the season he had compared to the tackles selected after him, Thomas allowed 57 pressures at left tackle the season, 14 more than any other player at the position. He was the only player at the position to be charged with 10 sacks allowed as well. As you could guess for a team coming in at a second to last on this list, Thomas wasn't the only problem, obviously, um, up for the Giants. Shailen Mew and Will Hernandez both allowed pressure rates of at least 8% at left guard, while Cam Fleming, filling in for the opted-out Nate Soldier, allowed the sixth most pressures in the league at the right tackle position. So heading into 2021, that's the question. Can the, that's the question. Can the Giants sit back? and help these youngsters come around or will or will more changes be in store to be honest my my answer to that i say a little bit a little bit of both can be expected first order of business is to determine if nick gates is the permanent solution at center another question to be answered is if will hernandez is on his way out or not at left guard Then the Giants will have to trust that the young tackles come around. That's too much doubt to stand pat. Fleming is a pending free agent, and Soldier's salary cap number is untenable. The Giants could bring in another veteran as a placeholder here, but they have little cap space at their disposal. The draft might offer some solutions. The only way they can bring in a top tackle is if they trade back from number 11 and gain more picks in the first 76. After that, the quality of offensive line prospects drops off a bit. Don't count on that happening. The bottom line is this. This unit, who is now coached by Rob Sill, who is a a, uh, 15-year veteran from the college ranks, who has never coached in the NFL, is still in flux and may need to be infused with more talent once again. So, I think the Giants obviously, everything I just explained, is the reason why I think the Giants should keep investing in this offensive line. Hey, I wouldn't mind it if the Giants at least get something like a, a trade. I want to look at, look, I said this on Valentine's Day. I said, don't be shocked, Giants fans, if Dave Gunneman goes after a, a top prospect in an offensive tackle. I wouldn't be shocked if they go out, if they trade up for Panini as well or, you know, or someone like that, you know, because this draft is really talented, you know, but obviously the Giants, we have more work, we have more fish to fry, you know, obviously we need to fill the wide receiver position, obviously we need a real tight end because Evan Ingram, he just didn't do anything this year, you know. And we need uh we need someone to fill in for a Sam Beal if if he if he if he's if he does this oh I'm not Sam Beal DeAndre Baker so you know we have a lot of fish to fry <sighs> you know um but like I said this this offensive line's really young you know it's learning you know and a young team is not a young football team is not going to be successful. After, like, after one, like, there one team, a young team is not going to be successful, you know, after one season. It takes time, you know. Will I see an improve. I saw a little bit of improvement, you know, from his offensive line. And even though it was against bad teams. But this was the same offensive line that did pretty good, that did pretty well against one of the top defenses in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, so from me seeing that against a good team, I'm like, wow, this all. I think the, I think they got as much pain I have put him put him through. I think Guterman, he's he's. I'm gonna give him. I gave him like an A minus. You know, I didn't give him a give him an A plus. You know, because obviously. Obviously, we needed a receiver, you know, but Dave and he hes a really—he's a real—he's really big into building his offensive line, you know. and I, Look what he did to the Carolina Panthers, you know. So I wouldn't be sh- like I said, guys. I wouldn't be shocked if the if Dave and goes after or not after a top. A top prospect, offensive tackle in the first round, and I like Jalen Waddle. I like him a lot. Great receiver, you know, speedy receiver, tough, uh, tough to tough to stop. He's really fast. But the offensive line matters. If you don't have an offensive line, you don't. Your quarterback is not gonna. Your quarterback's not gonna have. Your quarterback ain't gonna have a way to throw the ball. You know. But I think this, I think this offensive line is, I think this offensive line is way better than last year's, you know, because we almost, we won some games that we should have won, you know, and some of the games the Giants did lose were only by like a few or more points, which is pretty decent, you know, but the reason why I like this offensive line is because of what we, what we did against the Buccaneers who just won the Super Bowl. We barely lost. So, obviously, this offense line is getting better. I need to see more. Should the Giants continue investing in the old line this offseason? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in a veteran leader from a free agency, you know? Because the Giants, obviously, they might. I have a feeling. I have a feeling they might uh, They might uh, find a replacement replacement for Nate Soldier cuz he is a cap uh cap cut candidate. So let's see what happens. But I wouldn't be shocked at the Giants. I think the Giants should continue to invest, you know. Especially for Saquon Barkley. So yeah. Okay guys, let's talk about the uh let's talk about the um the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys trash Cowboys. Okay, guys, um, guys, there was a report, uh, today from one of my favorite, uh, sport websites. (sighs) You already know, um, you already know, you already know Bleacher Report is probably one of my favorite, uh, sporting websites, you know, and guys, Bleacher Report today, um, Tim, uh, Tim Daniels, great writer, like him a lot, wrote on Bleacher Report, something that I've been saying and I'm gonna keep saying it until Cowboys fans get that in their little, in that little mind of theirs. And, uh, there was a rumor uh, that's, there was a Dak Prescott rumor report saying no saying no progress has been made on long-term Cowboys contract. My thought on this whole situation. The Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott reportedly haven't made any substantial progress toward a long-term contract extension ahead of the 2021 NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, who's been saying this for the past few weeks? I did. And it's not going to happen because Dak, he's going to want his money. He's not going to want to play on another franchise tag. You know, Dak was supposed to play the whole year out. Last uh, last year. But he didn't because he got hurt. So Dak's, Dak, he's not going to want to play on another little franchise tag. He's going to want to get paid big time, buddy. But he's not going to want to because the Cowboys are going to give him another franchise tag and see if he can really produce. See if he can take the Cowboys to to the freaking playoffs, which is not a possibility. The Cowboys... Obviously, the Cowboys will probably use the, another franchise tag on Prescott, which I don't see Prescott accepting that because Dak, Dak reportedly said that he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid. I was hearing, I was hearing that he might be getting paid. Some uh, some people are projecting Dak's going to be getting paid uh, somewhere... Somewhere around the forty to fifty million dollar range, which I don't, I don't really think Dak is a forty million dollar quarterback. I still think he's like a, uh, I think he's like a ten to twenty million dollar quarterback. That's sad. And I like Dak a lot, but here, but there's a possi- there, there's a possibility that the Cowboys might or might not uh, use their use another franchise tag on Dak. <sighs> Dak who Dak uh, could become an unrestricted free agent for the second straight year if no agreement is reached by the by the March 9th deadline to utilize the tag obviously. <sighs> Very important to point out here though, speaking with people on both sides of this thing. It does to me, it doesn't sound as if any progress has been made, you know, in a long-term extension for Dak. You know, and we all know this, you know. Jane, uh, Jane Slater of NFL Network later reported the Cowboys will not franchise tag Prescott on Tuesday. That's what I've been saying. Prescott, who is 27 years old, a, a, a Mississippi State product, who played, under the, who played under a one-year $31.4 million contract after being given the franchise tag by the Cowboys. I'm going to say this right now. If Dak Prescott and Cowboys fans, listen up, listen up. I'm going to say this out loud with my voice. If Dak Prescott, if he gets tagged again, he he's probably going to receive a 20% raise to, 30, to $37.7 million on another one-year deal for 2021. That's what I see happening. Prescott in the be- in the beginning of the 2020 and 21 season. Dak Prescott, I'm not gonna lie, Prescott was off to another strong start. Th- uh, he threw the ball 68%. Uh, his, uh, his uh passing percentage was 68 Not bad. He threw for 1,856 yards with nine touchdowns and four in- and four interceptions. Through five appearances before suffering a season-ending injury, he also tallied three rushing scores. The two-time Pro Bowl selection hasn't hadn't missed any time over his first four seasons because of injury, and ranks tied for seventh with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Tom Brady in career passing rating of 97.3, which is among which is among all active signal callers. In January, Jerry Jones said. Prescott held a lot of cards, as the sides looks like they're about to head uh, toward a negoc- They're about to head toward ne- uh, the the um, negotiation table. Look, at I don't know how you could have any more leverage. Dak might be a picture postcard, so to speak. His evol- his evolving into an NFL quarterback has been nothing short of a perfect pitcher. But all I'm saying is this: a long term deal obviously would likely be better for cowboys fans, especially for dallas uh for dallas's short term financial outlook since a thirty seven point seven million dollar cap hit in a year where the salary cap is expected to decline isn't ideal, but there are also risks as, um associated with a a lucrative extension for a player who's coming off a major injury. All I'm saying is this. The bottom line is the Cowboys can't allow Prescott to leave, obviously without a successful plan in place at the sport's most important position. The front office will have little choice beyond using the tag again if the sides can't reach a deal in the next two weeks. Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, and Ben DiNucci are the team's other quarterbacks under contract for 2021 with veteran backup Andy Dalton set to become a free agent. So all I'm saying is this. I have been saying this for years. I don't think Dak is going to sign. I'll sign this long term. Either it's four or five years, six years. I don't care. Dak's going to want his money. And obviously, it looks like the Cowboys want to franchise tag him again because they obviously want to see if he can act. Obviously, Jerry Jones wants to see if Dak can prove himself, not just to Cowboys fans, but the whole Cowboys uh, nation, that he can possibly bring this team to a wild card game and hopefully win one at least. I don't see it happening. I've been saying this for months. I don't see it happening because Dak wants to get paid. And the Cowboys don't want to do that because Jerry Jones is an idiot. And he's been... he's been—he's The Cowboys, this team is already in the drain. They're dealing with problems themselves already. Dealing with their defense, you know. um, Their secondaries... Their secondaries a dumpster fire. They got a good receiving core. Don't get me wrong. Their offensive line's a mess. Ezekiel is not playing like one of the richest running backs in the league. Like, everything's a mess, which I'm enjoying because I'm a Giants fan. You guys know how much I hate the Cowboys. So, I just, I don't want Dak to, I don't want Dak, if Dak does end up going on another franchise tag, he could end up getting hurt. Because, oh, trust me, ankle injuries, they could come back baby. They could come back like a magic of dust. You don't know when it come. You don't know when it's going to appear back into your in your freaking foot. And what and then Jerry Jones ask yourself this. What happens if Dak gets hurt again? What are you going to do then? Are you going to are you going to franchise tag him for the third straight time? Oh no. I don't see this happening. I think my prediction is that I see Dak rejecting the franchise tag and moving on and actually trying to play for a team and get paid because he doesn't want to play on an unknown little franchise tag worth $37 million. He wants to get paid money. He wants to get a full contract. He doesn't want a little franchise tag. He wants to play on a full contract. And obviously, Jerry Jones doesn't want to do that. The Cowboys—they're gonna end up—they're gonna end up getting rid of Dak and trading for him for another for another rookie quarterback. For uh, what? What's the Cowboys? I, the Cowboys hold the tenth overall pick. They're gonna trade up and try to get someone like a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson. They're gonna get someone because obviously things are not looking good for the Cowboys, which I'm enjoying. I shouldn't have a serious face on I should be smiling. So, Cowboys fans, all you got to do is, you got to, you got to, just forget, just just forget about next season because next season's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a shit show next season. Okay, guys. Now let's get. Uh, now, guys, let's get down to probably one of the worst. Let's get. Let's talk about the worst of the worst in the NFC East. No, it's not the. No, no, it's not the Washington Football Team. No, it's not the Giants. It's not the Cowboys. But it's the Philadelphia Whack Eagles. And guys, um, today you guys Eagles fans, I really appreciate you guys for asking me all these important questions. I really appreciate it, you know. I love you, I love you Eagles fans. I have some Eagles fans here in the town of Aronakoit. You know, I have friends, you know, who are Eagles fans, you know, love Philadelphia. And I'm a a. and guys, I am a big fan of Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. Love them a lot, really delicious. But guys, anyways, let's talk about this football team. Uh, guys, there was a report today that the Eagles uh, released Alshon Jeffrey. So they just lost another receiver. But guys, we're not here we're not here to talk about uh, the Eagles getting rid of Alshon Jeffrey. We are here to talk about the questions you guys have been asking me, especially about Jalen Hurts, see what the Eagles are gonna do with him. Are they gonna give him uh, are they gonna are they going to test him against another rookie quarterback, or are they going to look at him as a full-time starter? You guys, one um, of you guys have been that. You guys been asking me this question, um, Justin. How much faith do you have in Jamal Hurts? Because you guys obviously noticed that I've been telling you guys that I have a lot of faith in this kid. This kid came from Alabama. Obviously, Alabama is one of one. They're like the kings. Of Nt of NCAA football, beat the hell out of my Buckeyes in the uh, national championship. But how much faith do I have in this kid? Look, I'm so relieved, man. We were waiting for the shoe to drop for nearly two months. And in a way, the separation between the Eagles and Carson Wentz had begun nearly a year before that. It was just time to move on, you know? He needed a fresh start. The Eagles organization needed a fresh start. Us, as football fans, we need, especially Eagles fans, (laughs) we needed a fresh start, you know? I spent every single day for the last month waiting for the Adam Schefter push uh, notification that a deal was done, finally. While Carson Wentz, while his play in 2020 was horrible, awful, whatever you can say, it has more to do about Wentz's uh, presence on a macro scale than it does with his specific play. Yes, as I said, he was pretty terrible this past season. A cultural reset was needed as we move into the next era of Eagles football and leave the Super Bowl years behind us. I've been I've made it no secret that I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. Jalen Hurts fan. i told you guys multiple occasions, multiple times. I like this kid. I'm gonna cheer for him. Even if the Eagles end up doing bad next season, I'm gonna cheer for him. I'd have preferred to see his development continue under Doug Pearson rather than an entirely new coaching staff but my belief that he will be an above average starter in this league remain uh remain strong his poise his leadership his physical <clears throat> his um his physicality and mobility are all essential for a quarterback especially in this day and age when you know like when out like back in like in the back like in the 70s 80s and 90s when when football was actually more about defense, you know. Today's age, we're... The, today's age, we're now into looking at the quarterbacks, you know. The quarterback right now, in today's age, is the position, is probably the most important position right now in football, you know. Why do you think we're seeing so many quarterbacks in the MVP and not defenders? You know, um, but look, when given... A full offseason to get to work, especially with new quarterback uh, coach Brian Johnson, with who Hurts has a lifelong relationship. Look at I'm I'm actually interested for the full throttle Hurts experience and to see him develop as a passer. Give me Jalen Hurts, give me Miles Sanders, give me Dallas Goddard, give me tra- Travis Foldman. And then one of Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle or Kyle Pitts with, su- with at least some fresh play calling mixed in. That's an offensive lineup that actually has Eagles fans up to watch Eagles football. You know? So, yeah. Uh, you guys were asking me, um, you guys want to know my thoughts on the Eagles passing up on one of Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, to take Justin Fields. Look, right at, right at this specific second, I'd lean, I'd lean Devontae Smith over Justin Fields, but I can talk myself into it. Outside the pipe, a pipe dream of landing Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, who is, who is obviously the number two quarterback in this draft, Trey Lance is a highlight machine, but I need a two-decade uh, mortium on North Dakota State quarterbacks. I am, hashtag, I am Team Hurts. So pairing one of Jamar Chase or, or uh, Devontae Smith to go with Jalen Hurts gets me all hot and bothered. But again, it'd be hard to pass on a player of Justin Fields' talent level. Look, I'm not going to say there's no way they screw this pickup. Because there are a ton of ways they can but they're in a good situation here to land some prime players. You know, you guys also want to ask me questions. of Justin, which throwback uh, Eagles jersey would you like to see uh, produced next? A great question, you know. From my favorite store on the planet, here are a few considerations. 2010 Kelly Green, Asante Samuel. 1990s. even though I'm not an Eagles fan, you know, I would love to, you know... To cheer you guys to, you know, because for some reason I, I like Philadelphia. I don't like the Eagles, but I like I like the city of Philadelphia. You know, nineteen ninety six, white Troy Vincent, two thousand four, black Jeremiah Trotter, nineteen sixty, Kelly Green, Tommy McDonald, nineteen ninety two, white Eric Allen with Jerome Brown, G B Patch. If any of these, if any of these gets made, I wouldn't hate it. If a Freebie came my way for the helpful suggestion. You guys were me uh, another good question. Uh, you guys asked me, Justin, since uh, the Eagles isn't going to be very good, is now the time to bring back the Kelly Green? Look, good question. Look, this kind of relates to the above question, right? Look, I had been thinking this over the last several weeks. Um, fan, moral ha- fan moral has, has to be... The lowest it's been this century. Like, ask yourself what, ask yourself this. What better way to get engagement up than drop a Kelly Green alternate uniform set? You know, like, I know the NFL helmet, I, yeah, I know the NFL helmet rule shit. Why not just put a sticker around the entirety of the helmet? I feel like I'm saying, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box material when I ask that question, but it bears repeating. They'll print money. Give me a Kelly Green number 11 jersey, Jamar Chase, and I'll try to forget, this, uh, I'll try to forget the, uh, the disaster that was 2020. If they go Kelly Green again at any point in the future, they need to go with silver pants too. Just as a note, I am not in favor of the Eagles going fully back to the Kelly Green uniforms. But I am good with the, with replacing the black, alternate, black alternates with them. And here's my reasoning. It's midnight green from the moment they started wearing it. Dallas, the Cowboys, number one. The Eagles became the premier team in the NFC East. They've had it during the most successful twenty-year period in team history by far. It's unique. It's a cool name. They won the freaking. They won the freaking Super Bowl in it. So, and everyone's been telling me. And hey, I'm not crazy. When they when the Eagles actually wear those freaking jerseys, with those alt those black alternate pants, they actually be playing some good football. So hey, I wouldn't be. Hey, is there is for some reason I don't know what it is with those jerseys, but something has something has to be something has to be uh freaky about it because how can a jersey make a make one whole football team good? You know, so hey, I wouldn't be shocked if they do that. Um you guys were asking me uh questions about the late round quarterbacks. Uh so you guys asked me who you got? Also, you guys are also asking me, Justin, how do you feel about the Eagles drafting Kyle Trask from Florida? Um, look, as for a day three guy, Jamie Newman intrigues me. I wrote, I wrote about, um, I actually, um, talked about him. Um, I actually talked about him, not on my podcast. You know, I was talking to him with some of my friends (sighs) earlier this week when evaluating, you know, uh quarterback options for 2021 look at I wouldn't go this direction but if the Eagles want to grab a quarterback on day 3 of the draft this come this year Jamie Newman I'll say he is the guy that gives the Eagles good vibes Newman was a three-year player of at Wake Forest before transferring to Georgia for the 2020 season Newman opted out of the 2020 season, and move that certainly hurt his draft stock. He's Tuesday, possesses an NFL body at 6'4", 230 pounds, and is mobile. Um, uh, here I'm gonna I'm gonna actually share you guys his t- uh, his numbers back in 2019 for the Demon Deacons. He threw 2,000 passing yards. He had a present he had a comp- a percent completion percentage of 60.9. He uh, had seven. He threw 7.9 yards per attempt, threw 26 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions. This kid rushed for 574 yards and uh, rushed for six touchdowns. But look, I'm out on task as well. I could see why people might think the Eagles are in on him because they now have his Florida offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in Philly, and Brian Johnson. But if you want a quarterback in the draft. Either get one of the top four guys or at least take a developmental guy on day three. I'd rather just uh, roll with Jalen Hurst. Otherwise, his number were gaudy for the Gators. But well, I'm looking for a dude with more mobility in the modern NFL. You guys also be asking me questions. Like Justin, Travis Fogum, flash in the pan. Not used properly or something else. I still be- I still believe. Look at what about what about a receiving corpse this upcoming season that looks like Travis Fogum and then one of uh Jamar Chase uh Devontae Smith Jalen Waddle opposite him and Jalen Rager in the slot? I'm am I talking to myself into this? Oh, that would be a scary receiving court. No doubt. Uh you guys also may ask me, uh, Justin, what happens to Justin, uh you guys you guys know... I hate it when you guys ask me these stupid questions. You guys know I hate the Eagles. You guys ask me, Justin, what happens... What will happen... Uh, Justin, what happens to your Wentz jersey now? I don't have a Carson Wentz jersey. <sighs> I don't have one. I'm not a... I don't have a Carson Wentz jersey. I have a Daniel Jones jersey. You know? But yeah. You guys are asking me... um, you guys are asking me an interesting question. Uh, you guys are asking me, if Carson Wentz doesn't, Justin, if Carson Wentz does not work out, if Carson Wentz doesn't work out in Indy, should he be labeled a draft bust? Look at it. Call me crazy. I'd say no. He was a second-team All-Pro selection, won two division titles, and played an, in, he played an integral role on a team that won a Super Bowl. When looking at top five quarterback selections in the last quarter of the century, teams will take that all day, regardless of the fact that in, that it ended up in flames. So yeah. But yeah, how much faith do I have in Jalen Hurts? I have a lot of faith in this kid, great quarterback. Um, and like I said, if, if the Eagles do somehow bring back uh, Kelly Green, You know, the Eagles, they could be, they, I'm telling you, they could, they could win some games that they weren't even expected to win, but how much, but we're not talking about none of that, we're talking about Jalen Hurts, obviously, he's, for now, he's the future, he's the future for this franchise, and I have a lot of faith in this kid, and yeah, uh. And, guys, let's see what the Washington no-namers are doing. So, guys, um... Wow, guys, Alex Smith, um... Alex Smith, um, today, uh... There was a report today. Alex Smith, uh, said, quote-unquote, Washington didn't want me here. Wow. So, guys, obviously, it looks like Alex Smith, who who won Combat Player of the Year in the NFL honors, brought this team. Back, uh, b- brought this team not only to win the pl- uh, not only to win this crappy division, but also brought them into the playoffs. You know, Washington. Washington. They've never been to the playoffs ever since they had Kirk Cousins. You know. Um. So obviously, Smith. Obviously he's saying the Washington football team never thought they never thought he was coming back and he obviously he didn't feel like it was open arms. Um my thoughts on this on look <sighs> Obviously look Carson Wentz he said um He said in a visit with Clay Skipper at GQ, when I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plan. They didn't see it. They didn't want me there. They didn't want me to be part of it. They didn't want me to be on the team, the roster. They didn't want to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in. I'm like the leftovers, and I'm hurt, and and I'm just liability. Heck no, they didn't want me there. Look okay. at my thoughts on all that. Of course, you know, in the end, head coach Ron Rivera and a new regain was happy to benefit from Smith's Alex Smith's surprising contributions to the NFC East Champs, including his five and one including his five and one record as Washington's uh, starter. Smith uh, said Washington's approach to him did not phase him. So look, at that point, you as you can at that point as you can imagine, you know, everything he's been through, I couldn't have you know, I I wouldn't say I would have cared less about it, you know? Either you like it or not, he is giving us a point. Now comes the next wrench and maybe another chapter of Washington's disinterest. Smith's contract for 2021 means a $23 million cap hit, cap hit, and Washington would likely prefer to escape that. That fact won't end Smith's football career, but it might mark a, they don't want me here repeat. So obviously Washington, you know, and Washington, um, obviously this is a great football team. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they do end up going to the playoffs next season, possibly the Super Bowl. You know, because they do have they. I'm not trying to say they have a a Super Bowl type of football team. Obviously, they're rebuilding, but Alex Smith. It looks like from when I'm from from me hearing this from Alex Smith, guys, it might it might look like that we might see Taylor Heine, Taylor Heineke as the new starter because. Obviously, there's a big a big situation between Alex Smith and the Washington football team, and it's a bad one. Alex Smith obviously thought that when he came back, he didn't really think the team cared about how hard he worked to get back to the top and try to help this team to win. So, hey guys, we might not see Alex, Washington fans, We you might not see Alex Smith as your starting quarterback, I guess. Let's see what happens. I'm shocked from hearing that. Shocked. But, Anyways, guys, I hope you guys like this uh, podcast. I promise, I promise I will do another one tomorrow. I promise you. Hope you guys like this podcast. Um, I will be doing another one, giving you, give you live, uh, live updates, you know. And, yeah, you guys have a great, um, you guys have a good day.